The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would treat a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about everything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. So we, of course, live in a time and an age that is different than biblical times. And in our time and age, we tend to talk about truth in a more subjective, relativistic way. You often hear in a colloquial way, there's my truth, there's your truth, there's Jimmy's truth, there's Susie's truth. We all have kind of our different perspectives on things and, you know, you might be from this religion or have that philosophy and you know they do things this way they do things that way but everybody you know it's all kind of the same regardless well of course this is not really a biblical uh, understanding of reality Uh, we have we have a bit of a different understanding of reality and of course everybody has their own subjective experiences we all experience life in different ways etc but we believe as created creatures, so we are created, which implies a creator who created us and made us creatures, that we are subject to laws that exist outside of ourselves. We're in this objective moral order. And so when we talk about choices and we're we're using evaluations on moral decisions or moral actions as Christians with a biblical point of view, and this has been revealed to us, but it certainly could be intuited without revelation. We believe that there is a such thing as the truth, that there are objective moral norms. And what those moral norms do is they make us who we're meant to be. So what may be a more secular, that is to say non-religious perspective would be, is these Christians have these laws, or the Catholic Church has these laws, and those laws are just meant to um, oppress. And, and make and it's like a power trip of sorts. And they're just shackles of control. You should be free 
and just live life how you want and, and, and enjoy life and your truth. So, um, we remember our parents, Adam and Eve, and this, what I'm speaking of here, is kind of perfectly synthesized in a beautiful story-like way in the garden story. Where Adam and Eve are in perfect harmony with God. God walks in the garden with them. He's in deep communication with them as Father. And He loves them. And they love Him. And they're in proper order with themselves. And they kind of want to bend reality as they, as they take the fruit, which is forbidden by God. And this is kind of a, a signal or a sign of going against the moral order and rebelling against the created way that they were created to act. And so that has consequences. And the term we, we use for their action is sin. And so we as Christians believe that sin actually kills us. We believe that there's no such thing as death before the original sin of Adam and Eve. And then sin and death enter the world through the decision of our first parents and we're born with original sin. And what this does is this slowly kills us and cripples us internally because essentially what's happening when we sin, every time we sin, and there's different levels of sin, we would say as Catholics there's mortal sins and then there's venial sins, but what happens when we sin is we slowly do the opposite of what we were created to do. We start to become less of ourselves. Now, Jesus comes... And he begins this restoration rescue project. And that's why he died on the cross for us. And Jesus himself says, famously, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the closer we are to Jesus, the more we become restored. And Jesus teaches us how to live in such a manner as we live with Jesus and for Jesus um, in the way that Jesus has revealed to us to live. We become who we're supposed to become. And St. Paul uses the, the terminology of new creation. Jesus began a new creation. And so he restores us. And what this does is when we become more of ourselves is we find freedom and joy and happiness. And we can actually be ourselves. We can be ourselves. And we can be with others. And that's what heaven is. And if we continue to go in the route that's against our own nature and we keep choosing sin and sin and sin and don't repent or desire to repent, that's a key distinction, then we slowly go into this this kind of uh, chamber of isolation in our own prison. The famous words of Satan are, are, I will not bend the knee, I will not serve. And so Satan refuses to allow creation to unfold for himself, his own creaturehood, to take effect. I recently reread a famous book by Russian author Dostoevsky called Crime and Punishment. Now, you know, it's 150 years old now, but I'll try not to give away too much, too many spoilers for the, for the crowd here. Um, but this book is just absolutely excellent. 
It's, uh, it's very dark. It's, it's very dark, but it's very beautiful. Because in a novel form, it gets human nature. This, the protagonist, his name's Raskolnikov. He's a, a young student. And he formulates this idea in his head that he's going to take the life of this woman. He's going to murder this woman, who really does actually deserve it from his perspective. And from his perspective, God does not exist. He is an atheist. And so if God does not exist, that means we're all and each of us our own gods. And we make the moral rules ourselves. We can kind of choose what we want to do. And this is a just reason, because this woman was objectively a very bad woman. She was not a good woman. She took advantage of people. She was very greedy, hoardy, very self-serving. Not a good person. And so he figures out this moral justification to take the life of this woman. This happens in the first few chapters, so I'm not ruining anything there. The book is called Crime and Punishment. And then the rest of the novel, this young man, Raskolnikov, is trying to, to the best of his ability, act as though his actions were justified and that, you know, there is, he, but he, but what we, the striking part about the novel and the reason to read it is to see him in this struggle with this act that he's done. And what the author pulls off in a remarkable way is that human nature is human nature and we are made and we are created in God's image and likeness. And we're moving towards something. And when we do something to the gravity that Raskolnikov did, it has consequences. You can't talk yourself out of it. You become miserable. You start to go crazy. We live in a time and an age where we, we've fallen out of this worldview that we are created, that we belong to the Creator. And we tend to see God and religion, not us in this church, of course, but the wider culture, as like a taskmaster instead of a loving Father who desires to be with us and help us become who we're meant to become. And who create us out of just pure joy. And our readings from Ezekiel and Jesus about fraternal correction and bringing a brother back um, could, in our day and age, seem, you know, like, why wouldn't you just accept this person for who they are? Why don't you just accept them for who they are? From Jesus' perspective, though, and Ezekiel's perspective, is this is an, this is a, an invitation um, and it is an act of charity um, towards this person into becoming who they were meant to become. Lord, we ask you to bless us, help us to be honest with ourselves, to be humble um, with ourselves, as you reveal truths and as you inform our consciences, help us to let go of control and accept our own fallenness, our own incapacity and limitations, 
Help us to have the joy that children do when they play and they're in free relationship with their parents, they're in good relationship with their parents and their siblings. Help us to be humble. Help us to resist the urge to be prideful, to not admit when we are wrong and when we we do need to actually repent and follow you. Help us to follow church teachings, especially where we struggle with whatever particular church teaching it is, to recognize these revelations of truth as helping us to become who we're meant to become and to enjoy the freedom of the children of God. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And let's take a few moments in silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.